Hello, this is Jake Watkins. I'm the Young Adults Pastor at Cross City Christian Church, and welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk inspires you and encourages you into anchoring the love and power of Jesus into your daily life. Enjoy the message. Like Jake said, my name is Scott. If you have your Bible, if you have your phone, if you have digital device, whatever it is, turn to Daniel chapter 6 and just hang out there for just a minute. So over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be unpacking this series called Peaks and Valleys. And we're going to be looking at different people in the Bible and how they handled the peaks in their life, the highs in their life, and how they handled the, the valleys in their life, the lows in their life. And I think for a lot of us, this kind of mirrors our own life, right? We have these highs and we have these lows. We have these peaks and we have these valleys. Let me ask you this. Like if I were to ask you, how would you describe 2023 so far? We're 10 months in. There's actually less than 90 days left in 2023, which is kind of crazy, right? But like if I were to ask you, like how how is your 2023 going? We'd probably get a lot of different answers, right? For some of you, you might be like, man, my 2023, it's been great. It's been amazing. I, I got engaged this year. Like, where am I engaged people at? I know we got a couple engaged people. I, I, I got a new job this year. I, I graduated this year. I, I, I've started following after Jesus for the first time. I've grown in my faith. And even though you would describe 2023 as a great year, There was probably some really hard and difficult times in this year, right? Like, you'd be like, yeah, for the most part, it was good, it was great, but there's a couple times it was really difficult. And then on the flip side, other people might be like, man, 2023, it was a rough year. It was a really, really hard year. Maybe you went through a breakup. Maybe there's been some heartache. Maybe there's been some financial struggles. Maybe there went a job loss, whatever it is. And you would say 2023 has been really rough, But at the same time, there might be a couple moments that you can point to to be like, but that, that was actually really good. That thing happened, or that night happened, or I went on this trip, or this thing happened, and it was, it was really good. And it's kind of this mixed bag, right? Even just 10 months into the year, we experienced the good and the bad. We experienced the peaks and the highs in our life, but also the valleys and the lows in our life all together at the same time. But how do we continue to glorify God when life is good and when life is bad? And I know it's the same thing for me over this past year. It's been a great year, but there's also been some really, really high points and some really, really low points. I've got an amazing life. I've got a super blessed life. I have an amazing wife and an amazing daughter. I have a great job at a church that I absolutely love, but there's also been some really difficult parts in my year as well. There's been family struggles. There's just been a lot going on. It's constantly up and down. And for some of us, we draw closer to God when life is difficult, right? Maybe something is your ha- happening and, and something big happened in your life and you're like, man, I, I got to get back in God's word. I got to return to church. And, and so we, we draw close to him saying, God, I can't do this without you. For, for others of us, though, we move away from God when life gets hard. We think, God, how, how could you do this? Uh, how are you allowing this, all this stuff to happen in my life? 
Maybe you draw, draw closer to God when life is great. God, thank you for all the blessings in my life. God, thank you for everything that you're doing. You're moving in amazing ways. That's awesome. And I just want to thank you and glorify you. But for others of us, maybe we move away from God when life is going well. Thinking, well, I think I got this. I finally got this life thing down. I finally got this, this college thing down. I finally got this young adult thing down. And I'm good. But how do we keep our relationship with God consistent even when our life feels inconsistent? Even when our life feels out of control? How do we have that solid foundation of Jesus every single day? Today we're going to look at the most famous story of David's life. It's the story of David, or excuse me, Daniel and the lion's den. I'm going to do that all night, I swear. I was writing this and like nine times I wrote David. And so if I say David, just know it's Daniel, okay? Deal with it, all right? But maybe you know this story. Maybe you don't know this story. That's totally okay. But this is one of those famous, I call them children's Bible stories, right? Where like, it, it feels like the children's, you know, kind of church, they talk about this story way more than young adults or way more than main service. Like, it's one of those famous Bible stories that only children talk about, which I find weird. Why are the, the famous children's Bible stories always the most violent ones? I don't understand this. Like, this story is about a guy getting thrown into a den of lions to hope that he gets eaten by them. I don't understand that. David and Goliath? It ends with David decapitating Goliath, okay? Noah's Ark? What happens at the end of Noah's Ark? Basically, the human population dies, okay? The Good Samaritan? What happens? Homeboy gets beat up so bad that he almost dies. Why is, why is children's church so violent? I don't understand it, okay? But Daniel, it's an amazing story. But to truly understand what happens in Daniel chapter 6, in the most famous story of his life, we have to go all the way back to Daniel chapter 1. And in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel is a young man. He's probably only about 15, maybe 20. I'm going to guess that he's probably younger than almost every single person in this room, which is kind of crazy to believe. But Daniel is living in Jerusalem. He's a Jewish man living in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem actually gets overtaken by the Babylonians. And King Nebuchadnezzar comes in and just wipes everyone out. And he's like, nope, this is my town now. This is my empire now. And he wants to build his empire through Jerusalem. And so what he does is he kind of starts this like weird pseudo leadership camp where he gets all the best of the best people, all the amazing young men, and he kind of puts them together and he's like, these are the people I'm going to invest in. These are the people I'm going to build up and they are going to be part of my empire. And Daniel is in that group and God continues to bless Daniel over and over and Daniel stays faithful to God. No matter who is in charge, no matter all all these kings, and we're going to see a couple kings throughout this story, he remains faithful. And Daniel follows after God. But from Daniel chapter 1 to Daniel chapter 6, where we are today, about 40 years pass. So in this story, Daniel is maybe in his like late 50s, maybe early 60s at the very oldest. But you see his faithfulness all along the way, all along the, the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, he gets put against the best of the best 
and he actually kind of wins. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel's life is threatened if he can't interpret a dream, but God blesses him, and he allows him to interpret the dream. In Daniel chapter 3, he's not really in the story, but he sees his buddy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go through the fire, and God protects them. No matter who is in charge, Daniel stays faithful to God. He continues to trust in God. But Daniel is about to face the biggest test of his life. And it's going to feel like he's all alone. But we are going to see God's protection in this story and God following through on his promises. But tonight, I want to focus in on the choices that Daniel makes and how those choices can affect our lives and what you and I can learn from him. But we're kind of getting our head of ourselves a little bit. He doesn't actually get thrown into the lion's dead until about halfway through Daniel chapter 6. So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and follow along with me. Here's what it says in Daniel chapter 1, or chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule through the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer a loss. Okay, what's going on there? So, King Nebuchadnezzar, the original guy that overtook Jerusalem, he's dead and gone by this point. This new guy, King Darius, he comes in, and he's going to rule the empire a little differently. He kind of still rules with an iron fist. He kind of, you know, kills people and does crazy things, but he's going to rule a little differently. What he does is he chooses three people. Those three people are kind of underneath him, and those three people are then in charge of 120 other people who kind of rule on the day-to-day stuff, okay? And so think about it like this. If King Darius was a head football coach, Daniel would have been like one of the offensive coordinators or the defensive coordinator or the special teams guy. Or if Darius was running a business and like Darius was the CEO, Daniel would be like the COO or the CTO or the CFO. He's really high up in leadership positions right now. And, And so he's basically almost like second in command. But then it goes on to say this, and we're gonna start to see the problem here in Daniel chapter six, verse three. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the whole king, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So he's kind of equal with these other two guys, these three guys that are underneath King Darius. However, Daniel kind of distinguishes himself. This guy, Daniel, he's in line to be the next king. That, they, they see this guy, they're like, man, this guy has the it factor. This guy has leadership qualities. This guy is incredible. And it's so interesting to see the integrity that he has. But what happens when people have that it quality? What happens when a group of equals, one person kind of rises above? Jealousy gets involved, right? Selfishness gets involved, right? Let's head down to verse four. At this, the administrators tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the people around him, basically they see him, they're like, man, he's going to be the king. 
And if he's the king, that means I'm not the king. That means I'm not in power. That means I'm not in control. So they try to strip the power away from him. Not because he's corrupt, not because a bad guy. They literally say in there, we can't find any fault in him. This guy's like perfect. This guy's flawless. This guy's the exact leadership quality that we want. But they're jealous and they're selfish. It's so funny. You'll see that oftentimes. And don't take this too far. Because there, there are times that we need to self-evaluate and we need to be critical of ourselves. But there are often times when people are trying to criticize you, they're not trying to make you better. They're trying to pull you down with them. They see the qualities that, they, that you have. They see the love that you have and they get insecure about it. And so they try to pull them down. And that's exactly what they are doing right here. They see how amazing Daniel is. And so they're trying to pull him down. Because if he's in power, then they are not in power. So we're going to skip a couple verses, but here's essentially what happens. So they devise this plan. They go, a couple of these guys kind of go to King Darius and they say, hey Darius, we got, we got a little, they, they call it a decree, basically a law. We've, we've got a law that we think you would love. Basically over in the next 30 days, if anyone in your empire, if anyone in your kingdom prays to another God other than you, we get to arrest them and throw them in the lion's den. And what do you think Darius was like? Okay, I love being worshiped. That's awesome. That sounds like a great plan. Basically for 30 days, no one could worship another God. They had to pray to King Darius. They had to worship King Darius. So he agrees to this rule. And you can imagine what happens next. We're gonna skip down to verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, the decree that you could not worship or pray to another god other than Darius, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. See, the circumstances around him were changing, right? The day before, he was allowed to pray without consequence. He he could do whatever he wanted, but now, this was a new day. Today was completely different. Maybe you've had a situation like that before, where a moment in time hits, and it's like your life was completely turned upside down. Maybe someone was here one day and gone the next day. Or maybe a breakup happened and you're just like, man, it just feels like this defining moment in time where everything was different. But even though his circumstances were changing, Daniel didn't change. I don't know where you are in life right now. Life might be great. Life might be terrible. Like we talked about, it might be a mixture of both. But as we continue this story, as we continue to unpack this story, I want to highlight three things, three lessons that we can learn from Daniel. And I think that we can learn these lessons and then apply these lessons when our life is chaotic, when life gets difficult, when we are in our own valley. Yes, these can also be applied to our peaks, But I think oftentimes our relationship with God suffers the most when we are in our valleys. The first lesson I see from Daniel is to stay consistent. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, we already read it. It says, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Daniel doesn't change a thing. 
He doesn't really care. He doesn't try to hide it. It says that he opens the windows. Why? Because he did that the day before. And he did that two weeks ago. And he did that six months ago. He said, I'm going to do the exact same thing I did to get me here. I'm not going to change because of the circumstances around me changing. I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm not going to you know, go off into a dark place and, and do this. No, no. I'm going to do the exact same thing. He's not concerned with the rules. He's not concerned with the consequences. He's not concerned with people attacking him. He continues to do what he has always done, which is to praise God and to give thanks to God. Do we continue to do the things that made us successful in the first place? Or do we just simply fall back into our own old habits? Think about the first time you started following after Jesus. Or maybe the first time you really took your faith seriously. Think about those first couple weeks, maybe that first month, where you were trying to read your Bible almost every day. And maybe you would skip a couple days here and there, but a day or two would go by and you get right back on track. You're like, no, I gotta get back in God's word. Or you would try to pray every single day. Or you'd just be trying to grow in your faith faith, trying to make church a priority. But then what happens at month two, month three, six months down the road, a year down the road, we fall back into our old habits, into our old ways. Flash forward thousands of years from this story, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he's urging them to stay consistent. He writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Check out those words, always, continually, and in all circumstances. These are the words that he's speaking to the church, but these are the words that he's speaking to us today. Stay consistent. I think oftentimes, some of the peaks and some of the valleys in our life are self-created. Now, I don't wanna take that too far. I don't wanna say every single peak and valley in your life is self-created. There are times where no one is to blame. There's times where you are not to blame. There are times where other people are not to blame. But there are times where we create our own problems because we don't stay consistent and then problems arise. I was at a conference in Nashville last week and I don't know what it is about when I travel. I have zero self-control over the food I eat. I, I don't understand it, okay? Like whenever I'm on my vacation or I'm out of town, like when I'm here in town, I'm home, I'm very disciplined. I try not to eat garbage. I went off the wagon. The wagon was so far away from me last week, it was insane, okay? We were gone for four days. I made a list of everything I ate in those four days. And we, we left Monday, we came back Thursday. I had pizza twice. Uh, one morning we went to um, this amazing breakfast plate place and I got the, an omelet uh, the size of my head. Um, so I ate that and it came with two ginormous pancakes. I ate those too. And then at the end of the meal, Jamie, she had an extra pancake that was stuffed with peaches left over. And she was like, does anyone want this? And I said, yes. And I ate that thing too. And I was just miserable. And then later that day, we went to uh, this burger place and these burgers were like just the size of a basketball. It was ridiculous. But I thought it would be a 
good idea to also order a malt chocolate shake. And they gave me my malt chocolate shake before they brought the burger out. Do you think I had self-control? No, that shake was finished before the burger came out, okay? And then, I, I, what else did I have? Oh, I had, uh, we went to a couple barbecue places. I had barbecue platter multiple times. I had desserts and ice cream multiple times. I have zero self-control, okay? I went ham last week. I gained 10 pounds. The hotel gym kind of sucked, so I barely worked out. I gained 50 pounds, all right? It was ridiculous. I have no self-control when I'm on vacation, when I'm out of town. I was the opposite of consistent last week, unless you consider being consistently miserable and dumb. Consistent, that's what I was. But then you contrast that with Daniel in this story. It didn't matter what was happening around him. It didn't matter that his circumstances were changing. He stayed consistent in his relationship with Christ. He rejoiced always. He prayed continually. And he gave thanks in all circumstances. God is calling us to do the same. The peaks and the valleys of your life will always change. But you can remain consistent because you serve a God that is consistent and unchanging. So the decree is issued. Daniel goes up, prays just like he always has. We're going to skip a couple verses, but basically he's found out. The people that kind of devised this plan in the first place, Daniel fell right into their trap. And so they go to King Darius and say, hey, Darius, remember that decree that you issued a couple days ago? Well, your guy Daniel, he broke it. He, he, he's not praying to you. He's praying to God. And so Darius, it actually says that Darius actually really loves Daniel. He doesn't want to do it, but it says the rules are the rules. The law is the law. And so he decides to throw Daniel into the lion's den. And it says that Darius can't sleep at all that night. He, he just, he, he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He knows, man, I, that's probably the last time I've ever seen Daniel alive. Skip down to verse 19, Daniel chapter 6. Here's what it says. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions, and they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight." nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. So in the peaks and the valleys, Daniel stayed consistent despite everything going on. And the second lesson we can learn is to give God the glory. Verse 22 says, my God sent his angels and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. 
I would have been lying through my teeth about what happened that night, okay? I would have been like, yeah, I got in here, I elbowed one of the lions, I drop kicked one in the face, like I sung lullabies to the other one, arm wrestled it. Like, they, they say earlier in the story that they rolled this big stone in front of it, no one can see in, no one can see out. I would have just lied about every single thing, like made myself look out to be amazing. Daniel doesn't do that. He's like, no, 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 this wasn't me. This was all God. He gets all the credit for me surviving tonight. When life goes good, when life goes bad, Daniel gave God the glory. Do you blame God when life isn't going well? Do you cry out to him asking God, God, why are you doing this? Or maybe you just flat out ignore him because you know he's doing this. You know he is to blame. If you want to radically transform your relationship with Jesus, you will have to change your perspective. Understand that God still deserves the glory even when life isn't easy. I'm going to say this next thing out of love and out of my care for you and your relationship with Jesus. But a mark of a spiritually immature person is someone who blames God in the bad times and takes credit for the good times. The mark of a spiritually immature person blames God in the bad times but thinks they deserve glory in the good times like they've done this, like this is their doing, like these blessings are all because of them. If you want to change your perspective of God and your life, embrace that God should get the glory no matter what. Romans chapter 11 verse 36 says, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever, amen. Everything exists by God's power and is intended for his glory. The good in your life is for God's glory. The bad in your life is for God's glory. The mundane and every day in your life is for God's glory. And as Daniel is sitting in the darkened lion's dead, he knows that God is going to use this and he knows that God still deserves the glory. No matter the outcome, no matter if he makes it through this night or if he dies this night, he still praises God We do not deserve the glory, and God does not deserve the blame. So the stone was rolled away, and Daniel was found to be unharmed because Daniel stayed consistent, and Daniel gave praise to God in everything. And the final lesson, allow God to use your story. Let's pick up in chapter 6, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Just a couple of days before this, this same guy that just said all those words issued a decree saying no one is to worship anyone but me. 
I am God is what he was saying essentially. And then a couple days later he says, no, 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 no. The God of Daniel is the true God. The God who loves, the God who endures, the God who rescues, the God who saves. That is the one who is the true God. How did we end up here? It's because Daniel stayed consistent and he gave God the glory and he knew that God would use his story. Don't underestimate the work you do in the dark, the work that no one else sees, the time that you spent with God and the consistency in your life. We'll end with this passage in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 says that there, there's so many people surrounding Jesus that there's, there's almost like this mob that people are being trampled and pushed towards Jesus and they're just trying to get to him. There's thousands of people and Jesus kind of says very quietly to his disciples, he says this in Luke chapter 12, verse two and three, he says, there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roof. What is done in the dark will be brought to the lights, both the good and the bad, the consistent and the inconsistent. You see, Daniel's life impacted everyone around him. And I believe your life can do the same thing. I believe your consistency can do the same thing. I believe every single time that you go into your room, that at night when you read your Bible or in the morning when you pray to God or you show up to church, that week in and week out, that consistency can have a huge impact on other people. Because what is done in the dark will be brought to the life what is whispered in one area will eventually be shouted from the rooftops. And I believe that God can use your story. The confusion that you are going through right now can provide clarity for someone else. The heartache that you have experienced can bring peace and comfort to others. God will never waste what you have been through. Stay consistent, give God the glory, and allow God to use your story. I'm gonna pray, as soon as we're done praying, we're gonna have questions that you can kind of scan the QR code, uh, group up with about four or five people, and just kind of unpack this message. Talk about, you know, what are the areas that you can stay consistent in life? Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the story of Daniel. God, the, the integrity that he has, the consistency that he has despite everything going around him, not just in this story, but across his entire life, across the entire book of Daniel. God, that is what we aspire to be like. God, I pray that our life would be a reflection of your love. I pray that we would stay consistent. I pray that we would give you glory every step of the way, both the good and the bad, and I pray that you would use our story to help others. God, I pray for every single person in the room that's in the valleys right now, that their life is tough. They're going through a really hard time. They're going through a really difficult circumstance. God, I pray that you would just show yourself in a powerful way, but that they would also stay close to you every step of the way. God, I'm just so grateful for this group. I'm so grateful that they have come here tonight to pursue after you in a greater way.
God, just bless these conversations that are happening right now. We love you. Amen. Thank you for tuning into AnchorCast. I pray that you take this word and that Jesus transforms your life in ways you never thought possible. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. And of course, follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to stay up to date with all of our events, meetings, and uploads. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Thank you.